Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above for this week. It will be the week of April 12th through the 18th. And what a week. Wow. What a weekend. <laughs> wow. How does that new moon fit for everybody? Are you feeling energized? Are you feeling excited and optimistic? Or are you feeling tired, worn down, uh, close to burnout, right? Those are the kinds of feelings that I think are out there for us, not only from the new moon yesterday and the energy leading to that new moon, but also as we look ahead this week, we have a highly energetic week with lots of really good transits or aspects happening between the planets that tend to ramp up our energy and give us access to uh, being able to complete things. Remember our human design this week, we're still sitting at the sun uh, in the gate 42 conclusion uh, with the earth at gate 32, endurance, giving us the strength, the stamina, the perseverance to be able to see things through to the conclusion, to the end. Uh, so I hope everybody had a great weekend. I did indeed. Good morning, Tammy Smith. Good morning, Kathleen Mallory. Early birds checking in here with me. Uh, I'm sure Asa will be out there in a few minutes. Right now, I'm just going to say good morning. And there we go. Oops. No, I don't even know how to type this morning. There we go. There she is. Uh, good to see you all uh, out there with us. Uh, so today, what we're going to do is talk about, of course, the transits for the week. But in my continuing efforts to teach you human design, <laughs> we're going to blend them together. And I have a really good reason for doing all of this. And that's because next year, I have a book coming out that will be about the human design transits of the year. And uh, indeed, there will be astrology kind of mixed in there because I do that, right? I, the, those planets are what activates a gate whether it's the sun, the earth, the moon, or any of the other planets for that matter. And uh, I want to get you very comfortable with that now. So next year, when you have an almanac in your hand, and you're able to look at it and see what the dates are, that a certain human design thing is happening, you will understand that, uh, the, the meaning of that, as well as the ability to take it and compare it to your own human design chart. So it is a process that uh, takes time, right, for you to understand and to be able to connect with, you know, in a way that makes sense to you. So we'll be spending the rest of this year uh, talking about how to blend these two systems together, but we'll also still talk about aspects of uh, astrology and then aspects of human design. And poor Asa, I just asked her this morning to try to do, to do uh, an, an additional graphic with your daily or uh, every other day graphics uh, about the Pleiadian Earth energy, because I also want to instill that so we can begin to see how all of the systems are pointing us pretty much in a coherent direction, right? And each system maybe pulls out something just a little bit different so that we can... Um, get to a unified truth, right? Or get to uh, the capital T truth of any given day, any given energy. And of course that truth may be different a little bit for each person because of the way that your own charts are set up. 
and how you experience the energies will be a little bit different than I am experiencing the energies and how Asa will experience the energies or anybody else in your life for that matter. So uh, today we're going to talk about the transits for the week, of course, a week, the, the look ahead, if you will, at the week. Um, we will spend just a little bit of time on the moon this morning because right now the moon is in the void. She's just sort of wandering around, waiting for that moment, which will come at uh, 1044 a.m. my time when she actually moves out of Aries and into the sign of Taurus. And I believe that as she moves into Taurus, she's representing the beginning of that shift that we have this month to the energies that are lining up in Taurus. Remember, we talked back in December about April, right? And the, the Taurus stellium. What I didn't notice before that was there was an Aries stellium as well. The Taurus one being more highly activating because of Uranus's present in Taurus, presence in Taurus. So uh, we're turning that corner as we start into later this morning and as we go into this week and then certainly for the rest of the month and into or the first week of May, we have a very high focus on the energy of Taurus. So start getting comfortable, put your Taurus shoes on, uh, get grounded in the earth, get prepared because the rest of the month is going to be very Taurian, which means the focus turns inward to our values and are we walking our talk, turns inward to self-worth and self-confidence and are we living authentically, turns to our finances and how, finance, how financially sound do we feel? Um, are there things that we need to change? Is our, are our, our thoughts around abundance? skewed somehow, right? Um, that's a big question during the month of Taurus. Taurus likes security, it likes stability. It likes that safety feeling of having the earth beneath its feet. And sometimes for human beings, the earth beneath our feet is the uh, financial piece, right? Being secure, feeling like we have that little nest egg or feeling like we have it all covered, but without going into the reason behind that security need is a fear, right? The fear of lack, the fear of scarcity, the fear of not being abundant. So we have a whole lot that we'll be working with uh, in the next few weeks. And of course, in, in terms of Venus, as a ruler of Taurus, she's highly activated over the next couple of weeks, as later this week, she also moves into the sign of Taurus, as does Mercury. So we really start to see that stellium building up. And then uh, next week, the sun moves into Taurus. So we're building this energy. So get comfortable with it now. So quickly, everybody out there, just chime in if you're listening and you can uh, type uh, if you're listening and you have the live uh, chat aspect going on, tell us, how are you feeling? What's going on in your life? Holy cow, there's lots more people now. JLo, good morning. Tammy Smith says, tweet, tweet. Ursula, good morning to you. I hope your art thing is going really well. Pauline Blenner, good morning. Ferdeus, good morning to you. Pauline says, Friday, Pia and Cullen, yippee. Yes, they will be here with us on a Friday. And in fact, I was going to reach out to her today and see what kind of focus she wants to have this week. There's uh, Friday happens to be the 13th day of the spiral of consciousness, 
we're ending at 13 self-regulation. And you'll remember just a few couple weeks back, we started our week with self-regulation. So I want to see if there's something that we, some takeaway message that we can get from that. Uh, but -da -da, let's see, Ferdeus, congrats on your upcoming book. Thank you. It is not finished yet, but um, it's funny because every time I think I'm done with a month, I go, oh, but I want to put this in here. And oh, I want to put that in there. So I don't know what I'm doing to myself in terms of word count or page count. I don't even know if that matters, uh, but it's certainly getting more and more complete <laughs> as time goes on. Um, so we'll see what my editor says when I get it to her next month. Uh, Pauline says, hi, Christine. Will you attend Sari and Kira's new moon? Oh, yes, Sari and, and uh, Kira on, uh, forgot what that channel was. I was there for a brief moment, uh, One oneness. TV or Oneness channel. JLo says, happy new moon. Christine Buckingham, hi, Pauline. Uh, so so yeah, I can't see what she's saying there, but good morning to all of you. It's great to see you. So chime in again, words. Well, how are you feeling? Are you feeling optimistic? Are you feeling tired? Are you feeling, what are you feeling? Type them in. I'll come back and look at that in a little bit. Uh, okay, so this morning, again, the moon in Aries getting ready to shift into Taurus in the next hour and a half. And by the time we end the show this morning, you'll have maybe just an hour left. 1044, my time is going to be 11, 12, 144 for you on the East Coast. And then the aspects for the day, interestingly enough, have already happened. We had a sextile to Jupiter. We had a square to Pluto. We had a conjunction to Venus. All of those things happened. And then the moon went into the void. And that happened at 5.06 a.m. My time this morning, 8.06 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast. So we had, we have a maybe a five hour, five and a half hour void of course moon happening early enough in the day that it shouldn't mess up the whole of the day, right? Right now things are kind of a little wandry, but as we get later in the day, things will become more coalesced, more crystal, more activated and we'll be able to take steps moving forward, albeit in that Taurus energy. Now, Taurus energy is, uh, it rules the land, it rules agriculture. Maybe it's a good day to go out and do some gardening. I have some plants that need to be repotted. So I've been thinking about how can I work that into my day today? Uh, how can I get some of the weeding started? We're actually gonna hit the 60 degree mark today. Hallelujah, I can't believe it, but, uh, that gives me some reason to get outside, um, although I have quite a bit of things to do here on the inner world as well. Um, but maybe it's also a good day to take a look at yourself from a, an in, from a from a very objective viewpoint in terms of how are you doing in terms of your relationships. How are you doing in terms of your values and living out the highest and best of who you are? And also, how are you set financially? Is there some way that you can bring your financial life uh, into balance? And then you also have to look at the house in your personal charts that Taurus is in, because this is where, this is the area of your life where Taurus energy is going to play out. So for example, uh, let's see if I can share my screen here. And is that even going to work? Yes. Let's see. I'm going to make it work. Uh, there we go. Now I can share my screen and we're going to pretend that the chart of the day 
which is what you're seeing right now. I drew this chart up this morning. Oh, this is set on East Coast time right now or Central time. So I drew it up at 6.38 my time, 8.38 Central time. Um, but you can see here is where the sign of Taurus is. So look for this, the little bull looking symbol in your chart. It should encompass an entire house because we're using the whole sign uh, system. If you have one of my older charts that I sent you, it'll be in the Placidus system, which means you'll have maybe um, two, two houses that are affected by Taurus energy. Uh, but this system, this way, seems much more logical, seamless. It works, I think it works really well. Um, a lot of other astrologers are turning back the time and going back to this system as well. And I, I like to see that uh, we're becoming a little more open to this. And uh, Taurus, in this particular chart, if this were a person, the whole sign of Taurus is in the 12th house. And what do we know about the 12th house, right? That the 12th house takes us into patterns of fear, of blocks or limitations that we are holding on to. Um, it may be self-sabotaging patterns that we have in our life, like we go only so far and then we give up on ourselves and we back off. Um, it could be the part where we are becoming more and more spiritual, more inclined to listen to our intuition and our instinct. So here we have Taurus energy in this 12th house with Uranus and the Black Moon Lilith and Sedna. And so we see that a maturing process, a process of awakening and releasing the shadow is when we ground ourselves in to the physical being with that divine component fully in place. When we really understand that we are uh, the crossroads, the human being, you, right? You are the crossroads of spirit and matter, right? Spirit and matter. I really believe that's what the sign of the cross was really about. And it only got, you know, with the cross, uh, the cross bar down a little bit lower where it looks more like the plus sign because you as a human being are that crossroads where spirit and matter come together and then can walk through the physical world doing what we're here to do, right? That's, that's your job as a spirit to be in your body and to be experiencing life. So someone with a 12th house Taurus might be having to work through some of those spiritual ideals, maybe having to let go of the self-imprisonment factor, because there is always that sort of opportunity here to awaken from that prison, right? And realizing, hey, I have the key, right? The key looks like a crystal today. And I can turn that in the lock and I can release myself. I can free myself. So if you're someone like this chart that has it in the 12th house, that's the process that's going on. Maybe your Taurus is sitting on the 11th house and you're dealing with what are your dreams and your hopes and your uh, wishes, right? Maybe that's what's going to be the main focus for you for the next several weeks. What if you have Taurus sitting in the 10th house? Well, the 10th house is about career and being authentic, creating authority, a pathway of your own authority in the world. And maybe that will be what you're having to deal with. Ninth house is about growth and expansion, seeing the bigger picture, connecting with higher consciousness. So if you're looking at a Taurus in your 12, or ninth house, then you're dealing with where am I too stuck 
in the, the lower levels? Where have I not arranged myself up into an ascension mode and looked higher, looked uh, looking up, if as it were, to ground more into the day-to-day the, the -day world that I'm in? What if your Taurus is in the eighth house? Well, if your Taurus is in the eighth house, then there's likely going to be some shakeups and some changes or some rebirthing, regeneration energy going on for you. And then what if it's in the seventh house? Well, Taurus in the seventh house is going to look at love and affection as it relates to your relationships, your closest relationships, your marriage, your significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, likely you're going to find um, where you are lacking in intimacy or where you can strengthen intimacy in your relationships. What if Taurus is sitting in your sixth house? If it's in your sixth house, this is the house of work, service, and health. It is about how it is that we go through our lives with our, uh, in, in the work that we do and how we share of our gifts and our talents. So with the preponderance of planets there over the next few weeks, maybe you have to take a look again at your, at your uh, environment that you're in. Where do you work? How are you sharing of yourselves or has that dried up in some way? How can you reestablish a pathway where you're sharing of yourself, your gifts and your talents with others? What's your relationship with your body, right? Taurus is a very sturdy sign. When I say sturdy, I mean physically, Taurus energy is healthy. It is uh, able to withstand some of the, the ups and downs in the physicality of living. But if you're not experiencing that and Taurus is here, then look to what your self-confidence is doing in your body. What maybe you're, you're not feeling confident in your vehicle, the vehicle being your body, and there's something that you must do to reinstate that. The fifth house, uh, Taurus, fifth house Taurus will be a house, Debbie, you have this, Debbie Tippett's two meal. Uh, fifth house Taurus is going to be about love and uh creativity and creating joy and having fun and pleasure, hanging out with your kids, perhaps being very focused on that youthful energy. And Taurus here might mean that you have fun when you're outside, when you're um, hands in the earth, or when you're doing very, you know, practical things that uh, in an outdoor or nature setting. If you have the fourth house, Taurus, this is about setting up your foundation. Where are there maybe some holes in the foundation or where has the foundation become too encrusted and you've gotten caught up in a rut and you feel like you need to shake things up a bit? Uh, if you have a third house, Taurus, there are messages here that maybe you're meant to share with the world now about abundance, about um how to create an abundant life or how to, how to show up in the world in an abundant way. Maybe you will be teaching people or talking to people about how to create a sensual connection to the earth, being grounded in the earth, but also um, using your mind because the third house is also a house of the mind and communication. So changing the thoughts that you have that have kept you entrenched um, or helping others find the path forward uh, out of that entrenchment. A second house Taurus is all about the money, right? It's all about the finances, how you feel financially. Do you have a foundation that's solid? 
Um, and right now that's about money or, you know, stocks, bonds, all the things, the resources that you bring to bear, the money that you earn. Now, if we were living in a society and what we traded for was chickens or wampum or shells or blankets, whatever it is that we trade for our work, work for resources and resources for the work that we do or the sharing that we, the things that we give would be what shows up here. So let's say you're a homemaker and you have Taurus in the second house. It might not be anything to do with money, but about having enough food in the pantry for the week ahead, you know, filling out the, the, the cabinets and the, 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 the drawers and the, the freezers, right? Taking care of all of that because those are the resources that you would use in your day-to-day -day life. If you're somebody who's working and you have Taurus here, maybe it's time to go out and look for that, that raise or that promotion, or maybe to reestablish a source of income. Maybe you've been, you lost your job through COVID and now it's time, right? That's probably the next few weeks are gonna be very positive in that direction. And last but not least, if you have Taurus in that first house of your chart. This is all about you, right? The you. And are you presenting yourself in a worthy way? Or do you present yourself like a little mouse squeaking behind? Oh, please, sir, can I have some? So here, you got to step up, right? This is you stepping up, claiming your authenticity, your authority, um, and really claiming it through a, a, an aura, if you will, of confidence. Woohoo right? So we've just gone through all of the 12 houses of the chart. So hopefully that helps you. But that is the place that you need to look to for the next few weeks, because that's where the focus is going to be, especially as we start later into today. And then every day this week, it seems there's just that much more focus coming to Taurus in your chart. Uh, questions, comments, I'm going to go back now and take a look and see what people are saying about how they feel. Uh, let's see, Pauline, Taurus in nine and 10. Um, so I would look to the ninth house because Taurus is sitting on the cusp of your ninth house. So how can you broaden your horizons, right? How can you see the bigger picture? How can you ground in your higher consciousness into the way that you walk and talk uh, on the earth uh, in your life? Good morning, Corey. Kathleen Mallory, I've got Taurus in the sixth house. How can you strengthen your get your path of service? How can you show up in the world in a way that um, shines your light outward for others? Uh, Asa, I'm feeling that I have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> Creative ideas coming. I'm having a lot of financial dreams, uh, dream ideas flowing in. I love that. Uh, Amanda J, Taurus in the first house. You're one of those. You're strengthening your character. You're strengthening your I am presence, right? With grounding in practical ways of being, living from your, your, um, your heart, living from your truth. Uh, Amanda J says she's drained today and have had severe vertigo the past 10 days, but also lots going on, movement and opportunity shifting. I would say that would give you vertigo, right? Plus, I, I know... Um, uh, that you're very sensitive, Amanda, as we've talked before, you know, in your readings, there's a lot of physical um, manifestations in your body about how the sensitivity is being received from 
uh, other people, but also from other planets that are transiting, just the energies, the collective is all affecting you. So maybe that's a sign that there's a lot going on in the collective as well, a lot of shifting and transforming and changing, which I agree is happening. And you're just feeling that byproduct of vertigo where it's like, where are my feet? How's the, where's my solid ground? Uh, okay, so um, let's see other comments after that. Uh, Kathleen, I've been thinking about finances and wanting a trusted advisor, good plan. Uh, I'm telling you right now, I have been looking at, not looking at, I've been playing with cryptocurrencies as they seem to be the big news item coming up for like the, the future. Remember, we're future oriented right now with a lot of that Aquarian background happening. And even big companies like Walmart now and uh, um, not Amazon yet, but what uh, Tesla, they're all looking at using cryptocurrencies. And if they're going to start that cryptocurrency, then we need to start buying into that cryptocurrency now while they're lower priced, except Bitcoin itself is pretty high. But looking at that as an alternative means of uh, exploration financially, adding it, as it were, to your stock portfolio, perhaps, or what have you, um, I'm, I'm seeing some big movement here and likely coming from um, movement that Later this month, I, that's so interesting because my son keeps telling me, mom, it's going to happen in April. And he he's looking at like the last week in April. And I'm thinking, wow, uh, astrologically, yeah, of course, Taurus is the main focus then. So finances and the financial picture. And even though there's some volatility in that, um, and, and it takes a little more time on your part, it might be a good thing for people to start looking at because it's definitely a wave of the future. And I'll, I'll tell you, they, the younger people totally understand it and get it a whole lot easier than me. Me, I have to do a lot of background looking it up and seeing what it's all about, um, but they get it. And uh, anyway, so I trust the younger generation telling me it's the up and coming uh, thing for people to do. Uh, Corey has Taurus in her 10th house, so career focus or your authority, how you show up in the world, and are, do you show up with in, in, your, in your power or not? Um, <clears throat> Pauline says, found another astrologer aware of full house like you. Uh, yeah, it's called whole sign and uh, or whole house. I think I've seen it that way or equal house. No, not equal house, whole sign. And uh, yeah, more and more people, I think, are taking that one up. JLo says, mine's in the 12th house. And since I am a Taurus, it is definitely illuminating things coming to the surface. And Christine thinks, have become a hermit mouse. It fits with the first. Time to be turn that mouse into a lion, right? You don't have to change yourself. You just have to realize the truth of who you really are, right? Not the timid mouse but the mouse that's willing to go out there and take some chances and uh, grow and expand, right? Okay, so let's take another look down the week. Today, uh, we have, <laughs> I wrote not a moss, <laughs> nothing much going on today astrologically, but we're still in that very powerful shadow window of yesterday's new moon, or at least if you're in the United States, it was last night late, and or earlier in the evening, if you were um, 
on the West Coast. But for those of you in Europe, you uh, it went through the new moon window early this morning. So we're still, even though there aren't any new contacts being made either by the moon or any other planetary things at the moment, I think the new moon is enough, right? It gives us that time to really connect with what is new. Go inward and just to, to discover what's showing up that's new, that may be revolutionary, that might just be little hints of a direction that you need to move in. That's probably enough for today, right? Tomorrow, the 13th, the sun will come into a sextile with Mars. And when I named the show this morning, it was all about this high energy that's coming at us this week. The sun sextile Mars is, and we're probably already feeling that. Let's see, the sun today should be at about the 22nd degree. Is that right? Yeah, it's at 22 degrees. Tomorrow it will be at 23 and Mars is at 23. So what we have then is this perfect alignment, the sextile 60 degrees between Sun and Mars, which means that they're in full uh, capability of their energies. So the Sun being in Aries and Mars being in Gemini. So we're in full agreement. We're in full idea mode. We're in full action mode taking action, moving forward, catalyzing some kind of change in our lives. Sun sextile Mars makes that very easy, very much a day for us to go forward with confidence and with vitality and courage, right? Sometimes it takes courage for you, for example, uh, who have it in the first house, maybe there's a lot of courage needing for you, needed for you to get out of that fear, right? To get out of that place where you're enduring in uh, an unsuccessful way. So maybe having to let go of something in order to move forward. If you've put off something that needs to do, uh, needs to be done, something that might take some time or some effort, tomorrow's your day. Uh, we may feel more in command of ourselves today, tomorrow, and even for the next few days as this energy takes hold of us, right? This, I know who I am. I know what I can do. I know what it is I'm meant to use my voice for or my energy for. And we, we do that in a very powerful way. However, we do have to watch out for getting caught up in that forcing energy, right? Mars, highly energetic. The sun, very energetic. And if we feel blocked or frustrated in any kind of way, which is always possible when Mars gets involved, we may find ourselves wanting to push wanting to force things to happen, getting into an aggressive mode, getting into competition mode, trying to prove ourselves and our worth. We don't need that because then things have a tendency to blow back on you or blow up in your life. So we have the perfect opportunity tomorrow, today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day even to get moving, right? To catalyze some kind of action in our lives, to, um, to put your best foot forward, right? Or your best self forward. Don't waste it. The sun, and because now we're going to marry this with human design, the sun is visiting the gate 42 still tomorrow as this uh, aspect comes together. And that's the gate of conclusion. So remember, we said on Friday that a lot of us may have things that we have to complete before we can move forward. I do right? I got to get this book done because I have so many other ideas I want to take care of and I can't do those yet, right? I cannot pay them a proper attention when I still have this book hanging out here. So we have to find a way to finish things or bring things into conclusion, especially if you have a big project that you've been working on so that you can find your way into the new. Uh, Mars is at the gate 12, 
The gate 12 is the gate that's on the throat. That is the channel. It's where my son is. And it is the gate that gives me access to super consciousness. So through Mars for the next several days, we're all going to have access to information just streaming in little packets of info that until we notice them don't have any meaning. But the minute that we notice them or the minute that we observe them to use quantum physics words, then they have, they change from a wave pattern to a particle. Remember that talk we had a couple weeks back? So once we observe something, then it has the ability to coalesce into reality. So that's happening during this time. Mars puts voice to the celebration of a completion or of a job well done. So we have celebration energy. We have conclusion energy. We have something new coming in, trickling in down into our manifesting center that is probably very important something that's very worthy of our time and our attention, but we need to make sure that we've completed the other things first, right? The sun and Mars work well together here. And I think we have the great opportunity to get some things out of our way, get things done. Uh, let's see, on Wednesday, Venus, the planet that rules Taurus, moves into Taurus. And here we have sensuality, we have comfort, we have safety, we have security. She is content in the sign of Taurus. Now, this may add to the feeling for some of you, not all of you, but it, this may add to the feeling for some of you that you don't necessarily need to make change. Why change it if it's working, right? This is the problem with Venus here. She can get very comfortable. She can get very lazy. And um, this is time to step out of the comfort zone. So she can also fill you with the confidence that you need to take those steps as well. She doesn't always confer that lazy gene, let's say. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way either. I'm not, that's not a judgmental kind of way, but sometimes we can just get caught up in, well, this feels good. So why make, why do anything, right? Um, so when Venus is in Taurus, though, we seek security and stability. We value our relationships and we want to be valued in our relationships. So if relationship issues crop up over the next several weeks, it might be about where you don't feel valued, heard, or recognized in the relationship or your significant others may feel that energy. And that could be the source of uh, confrontation between the two of you. Now, Venus isn't normally con confrontational, uh, but given that there's going to be a lot of pieces moving through Taurus and none the least of which is Uranus already planted there, there is a high opportunity for things like that to come up unexpectedly from the deep and uh, come out in your relationships. So Taurus is an earth sign. Taurus is a sign that loves display, not displays of affection, but loves to feel, uh, loves to get flowers, for example, or uh, just have a, a, a foot rub or a back rub there. It's very sensual energy and it feels valued often through touch or acts of intimacy. So there is that also happening. The shadow side of Venus and Taurus is possessiveness. There tends to be uh, this treating our partners as objects rather than as people or uh, we either want to own something uh, or we want to have it, right? There can be that. So we want to watch 
um, those kinds of possibilities in the energy field for us for the next few days, uh, for the next several weeks, excuse me. Now in human design, Venus is going to be moving through several different gates. So um, I give me a moment here, I'm going to bring up a genetic matrix because I can show you the way that those gates move through the body graph. So this is your moment, go get your human design charts so you can follow along. And in that case, you'll be able to see how you're going to be affected during this period of time. Uh, let's see, I wanna go here to create a chart maybe. And here we go, chart builder. And in just a moment, I'll share my screen so you'll see what I'm doing. This is such a fantastic feature of this program. For those of you who are interested in genetic matrix or in human design, and you like the idea of being able to build charts for people in your family, this is my quickly becoming my new favorite. And uh, I'm gonna share my screen with it on here, but Asa, remind me to tell everybody about the 13th sign in, uh, in this. Okay, so here is a human design chart. So as we go through the uh, month of, well, from about April 18th, maybe even the 14th, yeah, April 14th, all the way through to possibly about May 3rd or 4th, we're going to be looking at Venus moving through these particular gates. So when I start highlighting these things, it's, it's definitely Venus that we're looking at. The first gate that she's gonna move into is the gate three, which will sit on the sacral center. So if you do not have the gate three defined, and if it's defined, it can look like this where it's just hanging, or it can go all the way across to gate 60 in your personal chart. If you do not have anything here at all, then now Venus is going to highlight the gate three, which guess what is called the gate of innovation, right? The gate of innovation. So the first gate that Venus is going to hit is innovation and inventiveness, seeing things differently, being able to take action here in a unique way. So in, in the gate three, it, it is sitting in a circuit, one day we'll talk about circuitry, but right now I'm just going to throw this out there. It's sitting in a circuit of, of gates that are really where we shine in terms of our uniqueness. Often the people that have a lot of the gates in that circuitry defined, they feel like aliens on this planet, like they feel like they're so different. They don't resonate with everybody around them. And what happened to my, you know, did I just get dropped off here and my people left? So we have this unique opportunity then with Venus initially at the gate three to live out our highest unique selves, right? Daring to be different. We don't get kudos or points for being the same old, same old, right? This is the time for us to pull out our unique selves so we can really live out our highest and best. And in the doing of that, so here's the thing, you being different isn't a negative thing. You being different gives others, gives the whole rest of the world access to doing things in new and unique ways. It's almost the, the need that we have in order to share with each other is to be our unique selves, right? So that more can be done by other people in our world. Now, after uh, the gate three, I'm going to take that one and turn that off. We're going to turn on the gate 27, the gate 27. So you see we're on the sacral, 
we're right now we're on the sacral center. So it's important to look at the center that these are coming off of. And the sacral is the center for work force energy, for life force energy, for vitality, for the doing. This is the center for doing. And in this case, now the doing changes to accountability, right? Venus here leads us to become self-caring and also nurturing to others. So we're nurturing ourselves first so that we have the strength and the fortitude to take out and move to the world in a nurturing way to nurture those around us. So nurturing ourselves first and then others, kind of like the whole you know stewardess thing that we talk about, right? If the oxygen mask falls, put your own mask on first, then help others. That's what this gate will be all about. So we'll be learning about that. Then she will leave the sacral and jump up to the Ajna, where we are going to find her at the gate of blessings, uh, Ajna, right here. So if you have a gate 24, then you're just adding Venus's energy to this, maybe adding another uh, facet of your already uh, defined experience of gate 24. If you do not have a gate 24, now you suddenly have access to blessings and gratitude. This is a gate that tends to want to rationalize experiences. Like if I hadn't done that, then I wouldn't have this going on right now. But I, so you can rationalize the experiences of the world because you did something wrong or uh, the universe is just paying you back or it's karma or a lot of, of the negative thinking that goes around with how we tell a story about what is happening in our lives. So here we're, we're sort of needing to get out of that story, tell a new story, tell the blessings in it instead of the curse in it. Right. Yeah. So what you went through a divorce, it was probably the worst experience of your life at the time. But where are you now in that? What did it allow for you? How did you see yourself more clearly? How did you grow through that experience? That's what comes up here with the gate 24, where we get to focus on the value of the experience and not the story of uh, su suffering or shame or guilt or blame. Uh, victim thinking, right? So in the gate 24, Venus is going to focus us on telling a new story and having that story be one of encouragement and growth, not just the old story. Then gratitude, right? Gratitude. So last night, every night before I go to bed, usual, ever, almost every night, sometimes I'm just too tired and I can't do this, but I go through a list of things that I'm grateful for, whatever the experience was that day, what for the people in my life, for the house I'm living in, for whatever, right? So I do that. And my husband said, will you stop thinking so much? I'm like, I'm not thinking. He's like, yes, you are. I can hear your brain humming. And I said, no, I'm just running through all the things I'm grateful for before I go to sleep. He goes, oh, I didn't know you did that. I go, yeah, I do that almost every night. And he's like, oh, that's why your head is always so busy and so loud. I thought that was just funny. But this is our time, right? To count our blessings, to count those reasons why you're grateful to be here on this planet right now for the people in your life, for the experiences that you have. Uh, after we leave the gate 24, uh, oops, I didn't mean to do that. There we go. Uh, she moves into the gate two. So now we're on the identity center and the identity center is the seat of the soul. 
Janet, stop. There we go. Down here. So we are on the identity center at the end of her transit here. And this is a gate of allowing, of being receptive. So receiving, right? So here we are needing, we're being reminded to be receptive to what's new, to be um, willing to receive, not just be the givers, but to also receive. Giving and receiving are the two sides of the same coin here. Um, it reminds me of that card in the Wota deck, Woto deck, that is uh, exchange, right? The exchange where giving is receiving and receiving is giving. They're back and forth. Um, we get unbalanced in our lives when we get caught up in only the doing or excuse me, only the giving or only the receiving. So we have to have this in balance, giving and receiving. Now the gate two up here, um, if you have it open, now it's defined for the time that Venus will be there, which will be about a week later in the month. And uh, okay, I'll get to those questions in just uh, a minute, sweetie. Thank you. Um, where was I going with this? The gate two. the identity center is the seat of your soul, right? This is how you know who you are. And in some cases, for some people, you may have a gate 14. I'm going to make the gate 14 red. Let's say you have the gate 14 already in your chart defined. Now with Venus sitting here, you're going to have a defined channel of the whole idea of giving and receiving, right? The whole idea is going to be in your mind, not just one half of it. Not only that, if you have an open sacral, like if you're a projector or a manifester or a reflector, and you also have some planets sitting here at gate two, you're going to have the entire channel, which defines both of those centers. Don't get too caught up and confused in that. If you have questions, you can ask about that. Um, certainly having a human design reading, or at least getting your human design chart and the free little report that comes with it will be very helpful in explaining this dynamic to you. So, okay, that's what Venus is doing in our human design. I don't even need to do that. I'm just going to close that out. Stop sharing. There we go. All right. So let's take a look here because I think questions are popping in. Asa. So uh, question from Amanda J. Venus is in my chart ruler. Does this mean a stronger effect in this house? Yes. Yes, it does. So for example, um, I, I, don't, I don't have your chart offhand uh, in front of me. But let's say, I think you said that you, Amanda, that you had Taurus in your first house, right? So you must be a Libra or a Taurus yourself, right? So you're saying that the ruler of your chart is there. And I'm trying to think of what sign you are. Hmm, I don't remember offhand, but let's just pretend, right? It means that it's more activated, likely showing up in your relationships, right? If that, especially if you're a Libra, no, I don't have your chart here. Uh, especially if you're a Libra and Venus is the ruler of the chart because you're a Libra and you may be noticing in your first house, you really struggling to come out of the shadows in your relationships, right? Even if it's work relationships or friendships or familial relationships, you may be struggling to be seen and heard and valued in your own right, which can be the focus then in that first house for you for that period of time. Does that make sense? Um, let me know if it doesn't. And let's see here. 
after Amanda J. It was J. Lo being a Taurus 12th house and then Mars being in Gemini. Could it be an internal fight with letting go of old patterns and beliefs within myself? Yes. I think that's not just now. I think that's a, a lifetime focus for someone who has the sun in the 12th house um, is that there's this consistent need to reevaluate who you are to process the things, the fears, the belief patterns, the, the stuff that comes up in your life, right? If you've got that sun in the 12th house, you're a natural processor. You're always going to be in the in the process of processing uh, the stuff in your life or the meanings behind the things that are happening to you. So yes, and with Mars being in Gemini, there's a lot of curiosity and new ideas and things that are making you go, hmm, inspiring you to go deeper or to go, you know, looking broader at, at the picture of, of you in the world. So yes, indeed, and it can you know, that would be sextile, right? That's a 60 degree relationship. I think now would be a real easy way, an easier time for you to see what's going on and to be able to um, incorporate those new ideas and so forth in your life. Uh, let's see, J-Lo after that says, does three making the completion to 60 activate our Pluto house since 60 is in Pluto? Pluto is in 60, you mean? Um, that's a good question. Yes. And no, it, now remember Pluto at the gate 60 is Pluto as a planet is our collective uh, work that we're doing, right? The transformation we're doing on an evolutionary scale or on a, a human scale, not just as an individual, but you also have this place of empowerment in your own chart. At gate 60, we're learning to let go of what doesn't work and, but not throw the baby out with the bathwater, taking the best from the things we've learned from our past and marrying it to the best and brightest of the future so that we can have conservation in mind. We want to conserve the best, the brightest, the beautiful, but we want to also know where it is that we may not be, it may not be sustainable or resourceful to hold on to everything, right? So we have to make way for the new, but not necessarily by throwing out everything. So now take that into your own life, wherever this is happening in your personal chart, maybe by um, uh, transit, where's Pluto, where's Capricorn, this is a Capricorn gate. And uh, look at what, it, where is it that you're being tempted to throw out everything you've ever known uh, in favor of the new and you've got to look and say, is that sustainable? Because it's likely not. You know, the past forms a bridge to our future. Uh, if without that half of the bridge, then the future doesn't have as much meaning. So we have to have both, right? The past and the future. So 60 Pluto helps us to do that. The three is the innovative end. The 60 says, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's see if we can't take some of the best of the past and put it with that innovation and make something new that's going to stand the test of time. There you have that. Okay. Then let's see, face ID. Okay, great. Uh, question from Kathleen Mallory. What dates will these gates be hit by Venus? You know, I didn't put those dates up, but I will put a post up later after the show today with the dates for those gates for you. Um, mostly because somehow I misplaced my little astrological ephemeris or my, is it under there? 
find it after I clean off my desk, Kathleen, and I will post that for everybody in either, I'll, I'll post it in with the broadcast information on the Facebook page, Living Astrology, which end up, ends up going to the community page, which goes to the Academy membership page, which also goes to the Live by Design, uh, Live by Human Design page. So it'll be everywhere. You'll be able to find it. Uh, good question though. And Asa reminded me of something that I wanted to share with you. So Amanda is a Scorpio with Taurus rising. So definitely going to be affecting you, Amanda. Scorpio with a Taurus rising. So the sun in your chart, Amanda, is pushing you to self-mastery, right? But Taurus in the chart is pushing you to self-acceptance. So you're having to, to balance the two. Remember, these are oppositions. And an opposition force forces us to find the balance point. So the balance between self-mastery and self-acceptance, right? Wherever you're weak, right? You can't get to self-mastery if you don't handle self-acceptance, but you also have to have a, uh, a clue that you want self-mastery in order to uh, embark on the journey to find self-acceptance. So big ones for you. I hope that makes sense. Now, uh, earlier in the show, I alluded to something that I want to show you because I was already on the Genetic Matrix website. I closed it out. Let me go there again. Thank you, Asa, for the reminder because I got off on a different track. And let me show you something. So a few, hmm, I think it probably would have been back in November, early December, you might recall a, a conversation that we all had about the 13th sign called a Fuchsius. And I showed you this book that uh, is the only book that I've ever really found on the subject that makes any real good sense. The 13th sign, the Zodiac has changed. So have you find out how and why by Mary Frances Abamonte. And uh, it was remember the conversation we were having is that most astrologers will poo poo it right? They'll say, well, our system isn't based on uh, where the planets are so much as the archetypes that the planets placed in a sign bring us to. And that's that, that I understand that argument, but I also know that there is a 23 degree lag right now between where the planets actually are and where we are calling it in tropical, it's called tropical um, astrology. And is that tolerable? I mean, does that make sense to not have come along through those 23 degrees? Well, Vedic astrology has. Sidereal astrology does. It keeps up with the day, the current placement of the planets in the constellations that they're in. And the archetypal signatures still work, right? Many Vedic astrologers are out there and they, they're, they're, they're with it, right? They got it going. So there's got to be something going on. So uh, you know me, I'm always looking for signs and I'm always waiting to see like what's showing up in that outer world that is going to push us in this new direction. So Friday, I get an email from the gentleman who, and it's not just me personally, it was to everybody, um, about changes that are going on in the genetic matrix program and share. There we go. So what I want to share with you is that now there is a choice. Do you, can you see this? It says tropical. I can do a tropical chart. I can do a sidereal chart, but I can also do a 13 sign sidereal chart. Now, 13 signs by definition are a sidereal chart, but this one ends up adding Ophiuchus in here. 
And let me see if I can show this in a different way. Uh, let's do client chart. And is that still going to be Sidera? There we go. So what you're going to see here, no, you're not going to see it here. Doggone it. Uh, first of all, you're going to see Chiron in this chart because I put Chiron in there. Ooh, interesting. So interesting, interesting. So this is this is my chart, I believe. And this is my sidereal chart. Now, I don't think we can see it here. So let me go to an astrology, astrology one, quantum and astrology. This is going to look very complex. I'm going to make my screen a little bit bigger. And what you're going to see here is a symbol um, added in for uh, Ophiuchus, right? Ophiuchus right here. Uh, nope, that's not Ophiuchus. You know what? I'm going to have to rethink this because I'm not even sure what the symbol for Ophiuchus is going to be. This one I think is Virgo. Pisces, Taurus, Leo, Aquarius, Aquarius. Uh, 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 uh. I'm going to change charts. Let's see. Let's find. Um, I'll stop sharing. Anyway, <laughs> that was sort of a flop, and I apologize. I don't mean to confuse people, but suffice it to say that now there is a company out there whose software includes a 13th sign in the zodiac, Ophiuchus. And of course, now that's prompting me to have to learn how to use that 13th sign in people's charts. Apparently, I don't have anything in a 13th sign. I don't have anything in Ophiuchus. Um, so there's that. And that was why that chart was so confusing to me because I couldn't find the symbol because I don't have anything in Ophiuchus. But lots of you out there are going to have things in that sign. So what I could say, bottom line here, is that things are changing, right? There's a transformation afoot. And somebody's already innovatively taken the first step to design an astrology program that's going to embrace that 13th sign. I love it, right? I love it, love it. Okay, so as we usually do, let's pull a card for the collective for the week until I see you on Friday. I'm going to pull an animal card because I always think the animals are great models for us, giving us the totem energy for the week. So let's do that. I bet you it's going to be an interesting animal. Indeed, the rabbit spirit. Rabbit. It was upside down from my point of view, but here's the, the rabbit. Now is a lucky time. She is card number 49, which is a 13, which is a four. And like four leaf clover, lucky, right? Lucky rabbit spirit. So let's take a look at what that means. And 49 is going to be toward the back. Okay, so 49, and it was upside down. So that's a protection mode. Rabbit says, now is a lucky time. And the protection message says, vulnerability is required of you now, even if you don't feel safe. Act as if you trust that you will be okay. And soon you will see that you are okay. And soon, or I mean, to create is to take risks. So at this fortunate, fertile time, banish your fears and recognize the real security is in immersing yourself in the process of co-creation. 
It's okay to admit that you really don't know how to deal with whatever is in front of you. This is where curiosity, ah, Mars and Gemini, and not knowing can be a wonderful state of mind. Be playful now, admitting you are at the beginning of something. Come on out to frolic in the sun's nurturing light because it is time to birth something new. Love it when it just goes right into what it is that we were talking about. And let's do a Oracle of the Seven Energies. This one is by Colette Baron-Reed. Oops, I better get the book part out. Here we go. Oracle of the Seven Energies. And then we'll find out what energy level we're working at this week and how best for us to do this energy. It is the Oracle's Gift, card 37, which is a 10, which is a 1. It was upright. I don't think that matters in this deck. The Oracle's Gift. So we have looking like a, a cup of tea. A cup of tea, right, with all the energies in it that we need to know. So card 37 is in energy 6, which is light, light energy. And the Oracle's gift key concepts are second sight, clairvoyance, seeing the future, fate as a future determined by the choices you make now, seeing the signs around you, recognizing potentials versus absolute determinism. When we ask for a sign from the universe, we are essentially asking for divine guidance that we believe needs to come from a source outside of us. This is because we don't always trust our intuition, our ability to read between the lines and see beyond time and space. And so we ask for signs and we look for a mystical reassurance that our mundane lives don't, don't seem to offer. However, an oracle simply provides an answer that is already inside of us. Oracles show up in a myriad ways. Sometimes you see a billboard or hear a song or pull an oracle card and you get the exact message you need to support your choices or show you the way forward. Hmm. Regardless of how the sign appears, an oracle is a reminder that you are part of this vast universe. You are witnessed by the great mystery and loved and cared for. It's a reminder that life is magical. You are magical. Today, trust in your own capacity to know what is right, to tune in to source, and also be able to read the signs reflecting what is true and real within you. Let this oracle give you the gift of knowing that you are indeed on the right track. Repeat the mantra, the light within me creates miracles in my life. The magic is inside you, outside you, all around, and within you. I'm going to say that mantra again for those of you who want to hear it. The light within me creates miracles in my life. Hmm. Fabulous. The oracle's gift, right? Okay, one last look at every comment uh, out there. Let's see, what are people saying here? How exciting 13th sign to be able to see it, yes. And I, I, I trust I will play with that at some point in the future and bring it more complete to you. <laughs> but I just thought it was fascinating that it's suddenly out there. Uh, Ophusha's symbol is the U with the squiggle across the middle. Thank you, Christine. Asa, yes, I sent it to her. Okay, must be questions. So uh, there we go. Anything else? Did I answer everybody's questions? I think I might have. If not, send it to me personally. Don't forget to please, please, please hit the thumbs up button if you've enjoyed the video today. Please share it with your friends. 
Uh, I haven't even looked lately. I'm at 685 subscribers. I've kind of stalled there. We need to get pushed through. Let's move up to a thousand. That will make me feel good. Uh, so send it to your friends. Please subscribe if you've not done that yet. Take care. Many blessings to all of you. See you on Friday with Pia and Colin. Bye.